Thank you for joining me. This is the Changemaker Podcast, where we talk all things change management and transformation. My name is Sasha Jovanovic, and in each episode, we'll feature a single big idea from emerging practice and global thought leadership so that you have something useful to take away for work today. Following weeks of civil unrest here in Hong Kong, friends have been checking in to see how we're managing. And it's fine for now. But experiencing this firsthand reveals the importance for leaders to lead cultures from the shop floor and not the ivory tower of executive office. I was only a child when I saw the images on the evening news, but it would haunt my dreams for years. It was four police officers brutally beating Rodney King to within an inch of his life. Now, the public's response was strong condemnation. And yet the following year, the LAPD acquitted all four of the officers involved. And this was the trigger for the violent riots across LA. Now, it feels much the same each week here in Hong Kong, where police continue to arrest hundreds of protesters, beat them, whilst the out-of-touch scramble of leaders only serves to further galvanize the community. They come out in greater numbers and force. You know, flying into Hong Kong from Singapore, I was faced with nearly every train station, the airport express, roads blocked by protesters, hundreds of flights were cancelled by a workers' strike. And the lessons from Los Angeles riots are within our own generation. We know them. There were 53 deaths, $2 billion in damage, 3,600 fires, destroying 1,200 buildings. 4,000 National Guard troops were called in to quell that unrest and enforce the law. And that is in a city half the size of Hong Kong. Everyone in the US, certainly all of LA, was impacted in some way, except for its McDonald's restaurants. Now, McDonald's were located in the heart of all of that destruction, yet curiously untouched by the rioting. After the riots, local schools could only rely on McDonald's for their catering because local suppliers could no longer fill the orders to feed school children. Now, when you consider that 95% of the buildings targeted in the riots were commercial, and of those, 74% were retail stores owned by African-Americans, Koreans, and other culturally diverse members of the community, it's remarkable that McDonald's stores were untouched. So remarkable, in fact, that Time magazine ran a special report on that peculiarity. Remember that these stores were not underground shelters. They were not bomb-proof safe rooms. They didn't even have a security guard at the door. They were a simple Macca's store, just like you'd find on any street corner. So what saved them? Well, strap in, because this is where the story gets even weirder. Now, you've likely heard the pen is mightier than the sword. That was Edward Bulwer-Lytton back in 1838, and 200 years later, McDonald's proved him right. McDonald's founder, Ray Kroc, was planning the company's first ever expansion. Kroc's operating philosophy was that none of us is as good as all of us, and that informed his approach to that first attempt at expansion in a model that he defined as a three-legged stool, where one leg represents McDonald's, another the suppliers, and the third the franchisees. Kroc insisted that each of these three legs must be strong and profitable for the whole thing to be successful. And for the franchise leg, that meant that the local community should own their own stores. However, many African-American, Asian, or Latino franchisees, who even though they were eager to purchase a franchise, could not secure the required finance from their conservative lenders. 
so Croc stepped in on their behalf. To broker funding agreements, and much to the surprise of the lenders, defaults were low and repayments were high. So that policy continued and expanded as even more LA McDonald's stores were opened and operated by the culturally diverse members of that community. Croc not only created opportunities for those budding entrepreneurs, but consequently, job opportunities where they did not previously exist. McDonald's took on the mantle of community pillar, where even in the manic state of a riot, people had enough sense to leave McDonald's well alone. You know, that Time magazine article went on to state that McDonald's stands out not only as one of the more socially responsible companies in America, but also as one of the nation's few truly effective social engineers. So let's put all these disparate threads of ideas together. Community leaders like Ray Kroc got close to their stakeholders, really close to truly understand them, even to fight on their behalf and create genuine opportunities where the influence reached far beyond the first individual to the wider community. Now in response, when the community was in crisis, it recognized McDonald's as one of its own and protected it. Now compared to Hong Kong, city leadership does not engage with its people, appearing only in insulated press briefings within the confines of government. This only serves to further disenfranchise the people, to reinforce that battle line between us versus them, and a critical lesson for us as leaders of people and organizations. Do you have the courage to get into the trenches with your people? Do you have that growth mindset to accept another's opinion, understand and respond with genuine intent? Will you demonstrate that you fight the good fight for your people, that you have their backs and will not do what is easy, but what is right? Will you foster a culture where stakeholders become one of our own and we face those challenges of the world and the market together? That is to say, will you foster a culture where none of us is as good as all of us. Thanks for listening. My name is Sasha Jovanovic. This is Changemaker. Join me for the next episode.